Mary Jane, heartling plane, heartling aviator, way out of here. Get out there. Get the bones in your body, bones in your baby. Kiss them, eat them, pick them clean. Get you in the alleyway, make you come clean. Heart to a wing, Mary Jane. Toe, wing, plane, tongue of love, tongue of love. Tongue of love, tongue of love, tongue of love, tongue of love with you, one, two. Oh, Mary Jane, move me now. Come on, honey. You know how I spent all my money on you Friday night. Here it is Sunday. Come hold me tight. We're riding alone. No one's in sight. Oh, do me nice. Remove my pain. Come and move me. Mary Jane, heart, wing, aviator, the way out of here, out out there, wing of a plane. Let me take my bone in your baby, Mary Jane. Jeffers had reached his limit. It was now mid-August, which meant he had been separated from Marsha for more than two months. Two months of all he had to show were three dog-eared letters and two very expensive long-distance phone calls. True when school had ended and she'd returned to Wisconsin to Locust, Pennsylvania, she had sworn to maintain a certain fidelity. She would date occasionally, but merely as amusement. She would remain faithful. But lately, Waldo had begun to worry. He had trouble sleeping at nights. And when he did, he had horrible dreams. He lay awake at night, tossing and turning underneath his secreted quilt protector, tears welling in his eyes as he pictured Marsha, her sworn vows overcome by Rika and the smooth soothings of some Neanderthal, finally submitting to the final caresses of sexual oblivion. It was more than the human mind could bear. Visions of Marsha's faithlessness haunted him. Daytime fantasies of sexual abandon permeated his thoughts. And the thing was, they wouldn't understand how she really was. He, Waldo, alone understood this. He had intuitively grasped every nook and cranny of her psyche. It made her smile. She needed him. He wasn't there. The idea came to him on the Thursday before the Mama's parade was scheduled to appear. He just finished mowing and etching the Adelson's lawn for a dollar fifty, and I checked the mailbox to see if there was at least a word in Russia. There was nothing but a circular from the Amalgamated Women and Company of America inquiring into his own needs. At least they cared enough to write. There was a New York company. You could go anywhere in the mails. Then it struck him. He didn't have enough money to go to Wisconsin in the accepted fashion, true. But why not mail himself? It was absurd to see. He would ship himself parcel post special delivery. The next day, Waldo went to the supermarket to purchase the necessary equipment. He bought Master Ted for a staple gun and a medium-sized cardboard box just right for a person of his build. He judged that with a minimum of jostling, he could ride quite comfortably. A few air horse and water, a burst of night snacks, and it would probably be as good as going tourist. By Friday afternoon, Waldo was sent. He was thoroughly packed and the post office had agreed to pick him up at 3 o'clock. He 
it marked the package fragile, and as he sat curled up inside, resting on a foam rubber cushioning he thoughtfully fitted, he tried to picture the look of awe and happiness on Marsha's face as she opened the door, saw the package, tipped the deliverer, and then opened it to see her Waldo finally there in person. She would kiss him, and then maybe they could see a movie. If he'd only thought of this before. Suddenly, rough hands gripped his package, and he felt himself worn up. He landed with a thud in the truck and was off. Marsha Bronson had just finished setting her hair. It had been a very rough weekend. She had to remember not to drink like that. Bill had been nice about it, though. After it was over, he said he still respected her, and after all, it was certainly the way of nature. And even though, no, he didn't love her, he did feel an affection for her. And after all, they were grown adults. Oh, and Bill could teach problems. That seen many years ago. Sheila Klein, her very, very best friend, walked in through the porch screen door and into the kitchen. Oh God, it's absolutely modern outside. Ah, I know what you mean. I feel all icky. Marsha tightened the belt on her cotton robe with the silk under it. Sheila ran her finger over some salt grains on the kitchen table, licked her finger and made a face. I'm supposed to be taking these salt pills, but she went to nose. They make me feel like throwing up. Marsha started to pat herself in the gym, an exercise she'd seen on television. God, don't even talk about that. She got up from the table and went to the sink where she picked up a bottle of pink and blue vitamins. Want one? Supposed to be better than steak. And then attempted to touch her nose. I don't think I'd ever touch a jackery again. She gave up and sat down, this time near to the small table that supported the telephone. Maybe Bill will call, she said to Sheila's glance. Sheila nibbled on the table. After last night, I thought maybe you'd be through with him. I know what you mean. My God, he's like an octopus, hands all over the place. She gestured, raising her arms upward in defense. The thing is, after a while, you get tired of fighting with him, you know. And after all, I didn't really do anything Friday and Saturday, so I kind of hold it to him. You know what I mean. She's starting to scratch. Sheila was giggling with a hand over her arm. I tell you, I felt the same way. And even after a while, she went forward and whispered, I wanted to. Now she was laughing very loudly. It was at this point that Mr. Jameson of the Clarence Darrow Post Office rang the doorbell of the large sticker covered frame house. When Marsha Bronson opened the door, he had her carried package in. He had his yellow and his green slips of paper signed and left with a 15-cent tip that Marsha had gotten out of her mother's small beige pocketbook in the den. What do you think it is, she asked. Marsha stood with her arms folded behind her back. She stared at the brown cardboard carton and sat in the middle of the room. I don't know. Inside the package, Waldo quivered with excitement as he was sitting among the voices. Sheila ran her fingernail over the masking tape that ran down the center of the carpet. Why don't you look at the return address and see where it's from? Waldo felt his heart beating. He could feel the vibrating footsteps. He soon. Marsha walked around the carton and read the ink-scratched label. Oh, God, it's from Waldo. That schmuck, said she. Waldo trembled with expectation. Well, you might as well open it, said Sheila. Both of them tried to lift the staple flap. Ah, he must have needed it shut. They tugged on the flap again. My God, you needed power drill to get this thing open. They pulled again. Car 
not get it over it. They both stood still, pushing heavily. Why didn't you get a scissor, said she. Marsha ran into the kitchen, but all she could find was a little sewing scissor. Then she remembered that her father kept a collection of tools in the basement. She ran downstairs, and when she came back up, she had a large sheet metal cutter in her hand. This is the best I could find. She tell you have a friend. Here, you do it. I'm gonna die. She sank into a large fluffy couch and exhaled noisily. Sheila tried to make a slit between the masking tape and the end of the cardboard flap. The blade was too big and there wasn't enough room. God damn this thing, she said, feeling very exasperated. Then smiling, I got an idea. What's it? Just watch, said she, touching her finger to her head. Inside the package, Walter was so transfixed with excitement that he barely breathed. His skin fell quickly from the heat, and he could feel his heart beating his throat. It would be soon. Sheila stood quite upright and walked around to the other side of the package. Then she sank down to her knees, grasped the cutter by both handles, took a deep breath, and plunged the long blade through the middle of the package, through the masking tape, through the cardboard, through the cushioning, and right through the center of Waldo Jeffers' head, which split slightly and caused little rhythmic arcs of red to pulsate gently in the morning sun.
disegna grafici a domicilio. Pocket. Oh. 
Someone wants to hear Ponderosa. I would appreciate it if you would perform Ponderosa. Ben, hey Ben, how about Ponderosa? <laughs> Seems every time we get together, someone wants to hear Ponderosa. Well, guess your mood will have to wait, Joe.
Das Mittelmeer, Mittelmeer, Mittelmeer Geb ich meine letzten Mittel her Mittel her, Mittel her Und es zieht mich, weil ich dringend muss Dringend muss, dringend muss Immer über den Bosporus Bosporus, Bosporus
Katsun Nemsi Gaukatra. I read Katsumeni than Sisli. Tuberculosi are condes. Sure, sit happy, cram the nearbum. Sit What's the treatment? Nahevari, what is it? Oh, that's what I'm saying. What is it? What is it? What is it? What is it? What is
Okay. 